It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. My name is Don Crawford Jr., the grateful owner of KWAM Radio, and I welcome you once again to another Estate Planning Essentials episode. I think we can call it an episode. Um, if you've been listening a long time and you follow Michael each week, then we'll call it exactly that. I'm sitting with Michael Cohen, our expert when it comes to estate planning, government assistance, and everything else you can think of, especially football. And I welcome you, Michael, to another program. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Don, and thank you for that uh, kind opening remarks, uh, especially about the fact that I know something about football, which is I know why the people are listening here today. But in case they're not, we'll go into some estate planning issues instead. Well, we definitely will. I do recall a conversation you and I had a few years ago when you said you wrote a book on football and fantasy football decades ago before yeah. anybody knew what it was. Um, so I kind of get the feeling you might be a football expert as well. Yeah. Well, I tell people I'm an elder, elder law attorney. And uh, when I wrote that so many years ago in my youth, uh, my priorities were probably a little bit different than they are today, but still playing fantasy football after all these years. So well, I'm glad to hear that. It sounds like fun. And what is also for me, a lot of fun is to listen to you and um, become educated when it comes to estate planning and government assistance. Um, and I've been doing this with you now seven, eight, nine years. I've lost track, but it's been such a joy, every program. And this is over the telephone, unfortunately, as it has been for the last year and a half or so, ever since COVID strike. And we're going to remain this way for the time being. Workshops are typically online. They're not in person either until things start to truly abate. And at this stage, they're not. So We'll just uh, be cautious and safe and make certain that we keep everybody out of harm's way. Um, the next workshop is Thursday, September the 9th at 1 o'clock. And today, Michael wants to talk about a situation which is uh, more common than people realize, and that is when there is an individual who passes away and there's only one heir, does anybody even need a will? You know, a lot of times people may go and think, hey, whether they're the a spouse or a child, they say, you know, I don't need any estate planning documents. I'm the only relative. So, you know, quite frankly, if you're uh, an heir, and let's say you really are the only relative, do you need a will? Maybe, maybe not, but there could be some issues. And it depends on what your stocks, you know, if you have what assets you have. And it also depends on if there's any way that the different accounts are set up. Uh, and what type of accounts. So, uh, because it makes a difference. Uh, so, for example, if you had some stocks and there was no either joint ownership or beneficiary designation, uh, how would the stocks be transferred even if you're the only heir? Um, well, if you didn't have a will, 
then you have to have an airship determination. Well, what's involved in an airship determination? You'll be getting the assets eventually, but what's the process that you have to go through to do that as opposed to if you had a will, where it would, which is much easier to probate. It's much easier to probate a will than have an, an airship determination. An airship determination, uh, you have to uh, apply to the – if you're in a court like Dallas or Tarrant County or Collin County or Denton County – uh, there are what they call probate courts. And in other areas, if you're in an area that has less population, it would be the county court. But you would uh, apply to have an airship determination. And when you do that, the courts will appoint an, an ad litem, another attorney, to see if there's any unknown heirs, to make sure that you're the only heir. And then they will have to talk to different people who knew the deceased to confirm. In fact, those people will have to testify at a hearing that they hmm. knew the deceased. Hmm. And it could be that we had one recently that, oh my goodness, let's see, it probably took, um, oh, I don't know, um, getting almost close to a year because of the pandemic, because not only did the, the when the ad litem uh, talk to the first witnesses, very few people knew the deceased. In that case, it was a siblings were the closest relatives. A sister died. She had been never had children. Her parents had predeceased, uh, and she had been married but been divorced. Uh, to the first, they, what ended up happening was that the sisters gave the names of some childhood friends, but they hadn't talked to the deceased in years. So we, so originally that there was going to be testimony of childhood friends, but that didn't really, the ad litem said, I think I need to need some people who are more recent and that knew her more recently. So they had some people who used to work with her uh, to talk about her personal life, whether she was married and got divorced and things like that. But guess what? Before he could even, uh, before we could have a hearing, unfortunately, the attorney got ill and was dying. And so they had, the court had to replace another, uh, the ad litem with another ad litem causing delays. And so, yes, uh, it turned out in that case that the siblings were um, uh, the heirs uh, at law. But, you know, if they had had a will, <laughs> uh, if, if the sister, the deceased had simply had a will, it wouldn't have been such a long delay. Mm. In this case, in this case, there was, oh, I think it was like $600,000 that they couldn't get to and they had to pay bills. Uh, in in the meantime, and even if there was a a um, uh, even if that even after that, let's say you, somebody did have a will, uh, sometimes that's not enough. You have to have other estate planning documents. Uh, let me tell you about a case that uh, happened uh, last week, uh, and I don't know if I've mentioned this on last week's show or not, but the um, uh, in this case, husband unfortunately did not get vaccinated and he got COVID. And when he, when he passed, he let, he did have a, a little bitty will. The will was valid and everything would go to the wife. Well, that sounds good, but unfortunately she gave, he gave COVID to his wife as well. And mm. then she, and she also lacked mental capacities. So she lacked mental capacity. They did a will. She got all the assets. She's in a nursing home, mm. but how are you going to pay the nursing home? Mm, right. What do you mean? 
because they had no other documents. There was no power of attorney. But she might have been the only heir, but she didn't have a power of attorney. So what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to go to court to seek guardianship. And so there'll be an attorney representing her, an attorney representing who wants to be the guardian. You'll have to get court approval to to pay bills and things like that, uh, all because she didn't have a power of attorney. But she was the only heir. But that didn't matter. Nobody had the ability to deal with her assets. Let's say that she even had an IRA. If she had an IRA, how could somebody get to the money? You need to have some authority. And I also mentioned that some places, and I won't say any particular uh, particular uh, companies, they like their own power of attorney. Now, Texas has some statutory language, but often in the public benefits world, we often do extra things. We often add what they call hot powers, where you could create trust or do some transfer planning. You know, for Medicaid or veterans benefits, there are different rules. And we want to go within those rules, and sometimes we have to have additional power. So, in other words, in the regular statutory language that the state legislature has approved, which most people have, if they have a power of attorney at all, and in that, which I recommend that everybody do, even if they had zero assets, should I have a power of attorney? Yeah. Why? So, in this case, let's say that the uh, the, the person, the, the, the wife who inherited money, Let's say she had no money at all. How are you going to fill out the Medicaid application? Is there any somebody that has the authority to sign that for you? Well, you need somebody with authority, so you should have a power of attorney. I had my daughters, and I've told this on the show before, When I have two daughters. Uh, one's 18 and one is 23. And when they turned 18, I had both of them sign not only a power of attorney, a will, medical power of attorney, living will, and HIPAA. If you want me to go into any of those, I will. But those are just basic estate planning documents that I think everybody should have. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter what you don't have to be older to have estate planning documents. How are we going to know that, you know, when you're if you reach the age of majority, uh, that, you know, that mean you're the one that's responsible for your own decisions. And so is there somebody else that has the authority to do those things if something bad should occur to you? Uh, so uh, in this case, uh, the one I just mentioned So now the kids are going to have to pay mom's nursing home bills until there's guardianship, which could take many, many months before it'll be done. And then you'll have to have court approval. Instead of having a simple and cheap document, I might add, uh, a power of attorney. So a power Mm -hmm. of attorney is a cheap disability planning document. So she may have been the only heir, but there wasn't any other documents. And that's even if they had a will. If they had cheap, the husband had a will. They just didn't have any other documents. And who makes those medical decisions? What happens if uh, there's a disagreement between the children on who's to take care of her and where she's to be taken care of and under should she have surgery or should she not or should what you know what who has that authority? You know, you don't make uh, your decisions. What if you want to be kept alive uh, artificially or you don't want? Do you want to have any directions or do you just going to leave it up to whomever? And maybe there's a dispute between the family members. Hmm. That's tough. Well. I'm going to change your name to H.B. Cohen because that's Air Beware Cohen. And this is the theme of every program, and this one is no exception. You've got to be careful. And my goodness, Michael, you know better than anybody that uh, no one should ever assume anything these days and that all assumptions should be challenged. And better they provide you the circumstances for you to challenge them than to play attorney. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, there's lots of different things that most people just – 
you just wouldn't think about. And it's not that there's somebody's not smart or anything like that. Right. It's just that there are things that you just you just don't. It's like anything in life. I can't tell you about the radio business, or I can't tell somebody a doctor how to do surgery. It's not that uh, you uh, there's anything that's you know you're just used to. You've had your training as to doing whatever you're what you're good at, and um, and you're just not. There's going to be little bitty things that people wouldn't recognize or know, uh, just like even if they had a will that was from out of state. Couldn't agree more. I was in the shower, I guess. You know how you have your brilliant thoughts when you're showering. And I was thinking, you know, the best way to put that is that you're the mechanic, you're the expert. I just drive the car. I, I don't know how to rebuild an engine and things like that. So um, I'll pay you to do that. You do what you do, and you're very good at it, and I'll try to do what I do and try to be good at it. So uh, final thoughts on the uh, first topic when there's only one air before we talk about the workshop? Well, no, I just think that anybody should have some basic estate planning documents, even if they're, I mean, we'd have to look at the, the situation, but it's not a bad idea to have basic estate planning documents, whether it be a will, even if there was no assets and every, let's say, even if everything was going to go to that one child or spouse, there could be situations which were not expected. It could be that uh, somebody had a personal injury accident and you had to probate the will just to be able to collect the funds from the personal injury accident. There's all sorts of little bitty things. So just have a an ounce of prevention. It's worth a pound of cure. Excellent. Love that statement. That's a perfect way to culminate. And um, the way to cure your situation is to attend Michael's next workshop, which is Thursday, September the 9th at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, so you won't have uh, relatively any traffic issues attending that workshop, and you won't have any traffic issues anyway because they're typically online, virtual, via Zoom, right? Michael, are, are you even doing them in person now? No, we were going to do that. Of course, we were doing them all in person prior to the pandemic. We planned originally to uh, have them uh, live again uh, this summer, but unfortunately, as we know, the Delta variant has popped its ugly head and yeah. so we're we have you know we deal with a lot of people who are elderly and we just, or maybe have compromised conditions and we certainly don't want to risk their health uh because we care so until that time that we feel that it's a little bit safer uh we'll be doing them virtually for the time being but we do plan on having them live again uh hopefully in the near future good and i think a lot of the listeners recognize the benefits of being in person uh, as opposed to uh, on Zoom or online. Uh, but for now, we have to live with uh, the pandemic and the negative repercussions it creates, and uh, it's a matter of safety and health first. So this next workshop on September the 9th is via Zoom. And, Michael, tell them what goes on at those workshops. Well, we ask people what they want to know. Whatever you want to know. What We just talked about some simple stuff today about estate planning. And just because you have some simple stuff doesn't mean that there could be issues that you may not have thought about, by the way. Right. Uh, but And so you'll listen to, we ask people what they want to know, and then you'll hear all these different questions. It may not be about wills or trust or powers of attorney or medical powers of attorney, the things that we've talked about today. Uh, the It could be that it could be about Medicaid or veterans benefits. It's an often often a topic of uh, uh, a lot of people's on people's minds because they need help with either long-term care, uh, things like that, or assistance uh, for care at home or if they're in a nursing home. And, of course, public benefits have their own rules, and there's lots of different 
109 Medicaid programs, each with their own rules, just to give you an example. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times people ask about their own individual situations, and you learn uh, from what other people's problems are to say, oh, gee, I hadn't thought about that. So it's going to be very beneficial. Of course, the workshop is free. That's free, absolutely free, uh, and there's no obligations. Uh, we do give um, an opportunity to get together. Uh, if you do go to that two-hour free estate planning Essentials Workshop, also for free, uh, to go into your individual situation in more depth if you should like. But there's certainly no obligation. Uh, so basically, you get three free hours on estate planning or, or whatever your issues might be in connection with estate planning without any obligation. So to do that, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214 720 0102 or sign up online at dallaselderlawyer.com. That's dallaselderlawyer.com. I should mention uh, one thing of note. Uh, you know, we used to joke about on the show about the KAAM coffee mugs. And uh, if you do come in person, which you are able to do after the free uh, estate planning essentials workshop, which is online, but we do allow people to come in person uh, if you would like to have that free one hour vision meeting. And we had somebody who had been here before, and this week they said, you know, we sure enjoyed that KAAM coffee mug. Uh, so I said, would you like some more? I liked it. And we said, we still have some. And so uh, they got two free KAAM coffee mugs. So that will be the incentive to come in to get that free cup KAAM coffee mug. <laughs> sure well, that uh, ostensible remark about the KAAM coffee mugs um, is a little concerning in the sense that you're promoting it positively, but you use the word joke about the coffee mug. I don't know if it's a joke. Those are really nice mugs, I think, Michael. They are very nice, and they said they <laughs> love They. I mean, I don't know how you know, how they'd have their Starbucks without one. Yeah, I know. Well, I drink coffee every morning, and I have my KWM mugs, and I, I appreciate them, and I appreciate others enjoying them as well. So thank you for that. And we want to thank you in advance for what the next topic is for the next six minutes, and that is what happens when people who move from move to Texas from another state, and they have an out-of-state will. We were talking before the program about how Austin – Texas remains on fire. So is the area of Dallas, McKinney, um, Collin County in general, Tarrant County. All these places are exploding in people with people moving to the state of Texas and into those towns and cities, as well as the real estate prices going up and up and up and certainly not down, especially with mortgage rates being where they are today. So we, you want to address what someone should do if they move to Texas with an out-of-state will. Uh, I mean, it could be for many say, of course, right now, there's a lot of people coming from California, but yeah. at least in the Dallas area, but um, but it could be from any state. And of course, the wills in every state are different. Uh, so, for example, it doesn't mean that, by the way, that the will is not good from the uh, state in Texas. You could often um, just show that it was good in that other state. So it's just a little bit more costly to probate because you have to prove that it was good in the other state. Hmm. But there are some differences. So, for example, uh, typically, you'll see a will from another state that says, I named so-and-so as the executor. But in Texas, we need to say that the executor is independent uh, for them to act independent of court supervision, or you ought to have some sort of language like that. But in most states, they just say, I named so-and-so as executor. And so you have to be careful. And not only does you say uh, the independent executor, 
but without bond. In other words, you don't have to pay a price to act as executor in case to make sure that you're doing the right thing. And furthermore, uh, with a what's called a power of sale, a power of sale. A lot of times when you see people have, and you'll see this when people do things online or 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 they have an out-of-state will. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say you have some real estate, as you just mentioned, all the people are moving to Texas and we're a growing state. People uh, want to be where, uh, you know, quite frankly, uh, where we think has been heaven for a long time. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, the the bottom line is, though, if without a power of sale, if you wanted to sell real estate, then the title company may make you go back to court to show that you could get the authority to act without court supervision. And so a lot of times uh, when you see either these online wills or you see something from uh, out of state or some sort of store-bought, you know, cheap forms, they are maybe valid wills, but they are more expensive to probate because they don't have the language that is permitted by state law to, um, you know, give it where it's as easy as possible to act without approval of the court. And so that's a not an unusual issue. In fact, we had um, last week, uh, we probated a will. The person had a holographic will. And on the holographic will, one of the issues, even though it was a valid will, and we had to, you know, get people who recognize the handwriting and things like that, which we probably talked about on a prior show. Mm-hmm. But it didn't have a power of sale. It mm. did not have the ability, and there was real estate. In this case, uh, there was, you know, golly, a million, two million dollars of assets, including real estate, uh, they, but they only had a holographic will. And so it wasn't that we, uh, luckily, we were able to get the court to approve and uh, to revise and make deal with the issues of the failure of the uh, deceased to put in the proper language. Uh, just like we were talking about earlier, uh, you say these are little bitty things that it's not that you wouldn't, you're not smart or anything or you can't do a will or whatever, supposedly. Oh, there's lots of little bitty things that you wouldn't recognize, just like we've just talked about just a second ago. The power of sale, independent executor without bond. The self-proving affidavit, which is at the end of a will, often is different from state to state. In other words, the self-proving affidavit is where you basically have the witnesses and if they you know, went through the formalities, uh, the person who signed the will is over 18, of sound exposing my memory, uh, and assuming there was no undue influence or duress or, or ha- they have capacity uh, that uh, and the witnesses each being over the age of 14, you have this affidavit at the end of the will. And if it's done properly and if people filled in the blanks of the notary, uh, then the will would be good without having to bring the witnesses to court. It's always a good idea, too, to have the person who signed, uh, who prepared the will, that they sign it in your presence if possible. Um we noticed one this week where uh, the will had been done, and they decided to uh, – the blanks were filled out one way uh, and signed a different way hmm. by the notary, and so uh, the will is not good. Uh, hmm. It's not self-proved, rather. You would have to bring uh, witnesses to court uh, based on that. So, uh, you know, so you got to be careful on when we – you know, so when we look at the wills, we look to see even if it's somebody's – prior will, which we often do look at, we see if there's some mistakes. And uh, unfortunately, people make mistakes, uh, whether it be the notary or a witness failing to sign a certain spot, 
or the will being drafted um, in a way that didn't comply with Texas law or to make it as easy as possible to make it uh, for your loved ones so that things could go in a way where they don't, hate to say, curse you from the grave <laughs> because <laughs> they go through a lot of extra stuff because things weren't done in the right way. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. Understood. So summarize that for us. You've moved to Texas. What did they need to do? Well, we ought to probably look at the will. It's not okay. to say it's not valid. It may be just easier just to – it's not to say you can't – you have to necessarily do a new will, but it may be more expensive to probate. And since doing a will generally is not that expensive, it may be just a, not a bad idea just to get one that's you know goes according to Texas law. Just like yeah. on some of the other things, like uh, even though a power of attorney may be good from another state – if you go to a bank, they may be used to seeing what the Texas language is uh, to feel comfortable. Same thing with a medical power of attorney. Um, they don't have to recognize uh, medical powers of attorney from other states. The doctors groups were against it. So you may have some Texanized language to make whomever feel comfortable, even if the other one might be valid or not. Right. So, That's good. That's very good advice. Um your state where you came from is not Texas, and that's the bottom line. And this is exactly why you need to attend Michael's next workshop. Uh, as Michael said, the language can be complicated and confusing. The other day I was thinking about state planning and working on it like others should be, and someone used the word PR, which was personal representative, and they were referring to the executor, which, like a PR individual, is that has that fiduciary responsibility, and they're, they're pretty synonymous. But at one time, I didn't know that. And when someone used that phrase, I think, well, it's a PR. Uh, what's a personal representative, and is that any different? But these are the things you need to ask, Michael, um, and this is why you need to attend his next workshop, which is online, which is via Zoom. It's not in person. So when I say attend, it's from the comforts of your own home. And to sign up for that next free estate planning essentials workshop, dial 214 or go to or you can just Google Michael Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, uh, Dallas Attorney, and he'll come right up at the top of that page. And so we appreciate, Michael, your time today, and thank you. We look forward to talking next week. Thank you, Don. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. A leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.